Heal Yourself with Sarah Dawkins, episode 14, with guest Samantha Nicole. Samantha grew up in Nottingham most of her childhood and worked a lot within the community. She'd always had great work ethics and an entrepreneurial spirit, but during her teenage years, she struggled a lot with depression. After trying out a lot of free services that were out there and not getting much luck, Samantha referred herself to a mental health support group where she learned about alternative therapies. After doing some research, she realized that there are other ways in which we can heal ourselves. And after working on herself using methods such as CBT, hypnosis and mindfulness, especially around food, she decided she should share her results and story with others to help them on their journey. So, Samantha, welcome to Heal Yourself. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are more than welcome. And you. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Has it's been about a year, hasn't it, or a bit more? Oh, I think it's a lot longer. <laughs> so, would you like to tell everybody what you've healed and how you've healed it? Um, so, one of the things I managed to heal was my mental my mental health um, was a bit not on the good side and. Um, yeah, I was struggling to focus and stay positive and things like that. Um, and then I also had physical health problems as well. And then once I realised that healing my mental health will also help towards my physical health. Um, and what I ate and things like that. By doing that, it would help me be able to heal myself and be able to do things again at one point. I won't even be, I weren't able to drink just a cup of water without being in agony um, because I had hernias and things like this. And I didn't have the knowledge at the time how to heal it. So that's when I did the research and joined the support groups and then learned about, they taught you about mindfulness and um, your thought patterns and things like that. And then, but it was just all basic stuff so it didn't really help me but it planted the seed to look a bit deep deeper into what they was talking about um so i did a training course in cbt um and obviously that deep dives a bit more into it and how the mind works and how we can change the way we think and feel and heal ourselves in even physical form Fabulous. Can you elaborate on what CBT is and how it works? Yeah, so CBT is um, cognitive behavioural therapy. So um, it focuses on, say there's a situation or, yeah, let's just use a scenario like a situation um, where there's been some trauma and you think, you because you think about how it, you um, the the situation is happening is not how you want it to happen and then um, you start to feel a negative way and then sometimes people instead of responding to a situation and just even sometimes just observing it and 
um, sitting with it and seeing why this situation has come up in the first place, most people would react. Whereas before I learned about CBT, I would um, I, I was a person that used to bottle up all of my emotions. So like things would happen, but it wouldn't really bother me too much. But then um, triggers, for example, something will happen again and then it remind me of that time. And when I was going through depression and things like that, I was not aware of these kind of things, like how your emotions work and um, how, what order it goes in, like from a scenario to a, um, something that's happening on the outside and how your thought of that situation affects your response or your reaction do the thing. So um, once I sat down and did the course and I practiced it and I was more aware as well, I, I learned to be more aware of my emotions, other people's emotions and what's going off around in the environment. Whereas before I wasn't because we, we live in a fast paced world, don't we? So we're all just like waking up, getting up, going work, get, coming home, going to bed, or whatever routine people have going, they never really got the time to um, sit still and think and feel. And so that's what I learned by taking them courses. And actually the support group as well was very helpful because sometimes when you're going through things, you think, yeah, you think that you're the only one that's going through it, or you might be the only one, or someone else's version of what you're going through was a lot milder or whatever. And then you you don't, um, you don't I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> you don't really... You, um, get, you get in that tunnel vision and you think you're the, the only one that, that is in that situation yeah. that nobody understands because you, you're stuck in that rut. And the smock... Yeah, and there's people there, strangers that you've never met in your life. And it, it was a bit strange for me because I've never been to a place like that before. The, the closest to it would be like a youth centre and we've got them sat around in a circle talking to us. So it was just like, because I grew up from like 14, I was always being that listening um, ear for everybody else. Um, I wouldn't quite aware what they was kind of using me for at that time and then because of all of their what's going off in other people's lives and then my life and then um I'm going to this court group and people are telling their stories um it's not like anyone's was worse or anyone it just made you re realize everyone's going through something and even though these people didn't know you by the end of I think it was about a week week long at a local community centre or something like that and the same people came for that week and by the end of it they had built a really good relationship with each other some people swapped phone numbers and things like that so it was really useful and even though I worked in the community sitting I never heard about these kind of services or organisations out there that help people just to even have a space, so to say, to listen to others 
and then speak and then um, just reflect on life in general and then learn about the techniques and tools that are out there for people to use that like uh, alternative then other than just going to your doctors taking some tablets and then um, yeah. just that because that's what I was doing at the beginning when I was a teenager but felt a bit like low <coughs> someone said go to your doctors and see what they say so you go to I went to my doctors and then it was just like oh I'll try these so I tried them for about two weeks and I was just like, oh, I don't like feel of them. So I don't take tablets. I don't even take supplements. I'd rather have the whole, no whole nutrition from the whole. Yeah. And that's where I learned about this as well in that kind of getting into that environment of people, even the ones that were delivering it. If you ask questions, you'll be able to get more information. So because I've heard about these new things, I'd ask about the nutrition side of stuff because I didn't know anything about that either. So I was eating junk, bread, rice, lots of it, certain meats and things like that. And then when I swapped my um, lifestyle a little bit, started um, changing the way I ate and I was eating mindfully as well, taking my time instead of rushing because I had to go back off my break <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah, things change massively and it's good like with people like yourself doing podcasts like this because it brings awareness to other people as well and that's why I like um, your idea and concept of your book, Heal Yourself, where you've got all the other little stories in it. Yeah, and I think, I think it helps because I've been through depression as well, but to know that there are other people suffering and going through similar or the same or slightly different but nonetheless, these people are all suffering at home, thinking they're all on their own. And I think coming together in a support group is a fabulous idea because it makes you see you're not alone. And it it, it also takes you yeah. out of your house. Um, and the only, the only reason I left my house when I had depression was um, to take the dogs for a walk. And if I didn't have dogs, I wouldn't have gone outside because I, didn't, I saw no reason to go outside. You know, I was in this deep dark abyss of nothingness yeah and there's a lot of, yeah there's a lot of people in that situation isn't that just in that deep dark nothingness yeah for sure and then if like you said when you're in that um, state of mind you kind of isolate yourself so not going outside that makes it worse on itself mm. so and most people don't know that. They just think, oh, because I'm inside, I'm safe and comfortable. I can't get no more depressed, surely, if I'm stuck in here. Um, and then they get more depressed. Not realising it's because you can go outside for 10 minutes, at least, yeah. to get the vitamin D and the fresh air and the nature. Yeah. And it's the, the sunshine and the fresh air is is helps to build us up, helps to make us stronger, but it also helps to lift our spirits, isn't it? Doesn't it? And yeah. it was when I, when I was out walking the dogs that I, looking back, I, I realised I was starting to become mindful as I'd started to come from, from inside me out. You know, I'd stopped at one point, I just remember one day being out with the dogs and suddenly going, 
oh, there's buds on the trees and there's flowers on the floor. Whereas normally I'm just like head down, stomp, stomp, stomp with the dogs and just deep, dark, black um, nothingness around me. I just wasn't aware of anything. So, you know, the mindfulness, once you get out, outside in itself is nourishing and, and it has so many health giving properties, but the learning to be mindful as well in that time. Being mindful, you can be mindful anywhere in a supermarket queue as well as being out with the dogs. Um, and, and mindfulness around eating. Do you want to um, explain how you did that? Yeah, um, with the mindfulness, with the eating side, um, before, all I used to do is I'd cook a decent dinner, a really nice dinner, but I'd be chucking it in the pan, rushing, just like rushing off to do something else while that's just cooking away for a little bit, rush back, cook some more, and then just don't even bother tasting it or adding any, just rushing around and then putting it on your plate, not even like pre presenting it nicely. And then I was going to the dinner table, eating it as fast as I could, not like a right pig, but <laughs> just eating it quite quick, just so I could finish get the pots done, tidy up, and then back to running around again. So then when when I, because I was a fast paced person and I like, I kind of still get like that. Um, I like to do things and get it done and then move on to my next task and, and go through tasks quite quick. <clears throat> so once I slowed myself down and I was being mindful of like how much of the um, ingredients I was putting in because I never measure anything either before I would just chuck it all in no measuring even to make a cake <laughs> just chuck it in and it used to come out really nice and I was like oh great thank you but when I found when you um take your time a lot more and you are more mindful of like what ingredients are going in there um how that where it, the ingredients came from so even if like you're going shopping, you're being mindful of where it's coming from, like whether it's frozen from Iceland or organic from a farm. Um, but when you're buying it, you're being mindful all the way through the process, down to the amount of herbs you're putting into it. And then as you're eating it, you're tasting it and the texture and the colour and you're just being really mindful of the whole thing. You're being aware of every single process of eating it and then thinking about your food digesting it got a bit extreme at that point so I stopped thinking about that point but it really helped I noticed as well when I was eating like that I wasn't gaining as much weight because I went rushing it whereas because I was taking my time I was getting fuller quicker and things like that and I didn't know about these things before I studied the nutrition and uh, the mind work and things like that so yeah it's definitely beneficial for myself and I definitely recommend it I've recommended it to my, a couple of my clients before and they've said that they've noticed they've eaten less junk as well and they're drinking more and they're being more mindful of what they're consuming yeah and the food tastes so much better as well doesn't it when you eat it mindfully <laughs> yeah you, you're more grateful more grateful after yeah. the process as well yeah, and you know what you're eating, and you and you remember what you've eaten, and mm. even the clearing as well. If you're washing up or loading a dishwasher, you can continue that mindfulness into that task. 
Yeah, and it's and and being mindful takes us out of our autopilot, doesn't it? So that because we're running 95% of our lives on our subconscious, on our autopilot, we're just doing it because that's what we always do. Um, whereas when we become conscious, we be, and be, become mindful, we are focused on what we're doing uh, and using all of our senses as well. So it it slows time down as well as we as we enjoy every second of, of whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. I um I seem to get a lot more in as well when I'm doing because I've um I've become more mindful as well where I allocate my time. So before I like I said I'd be rushing around doing the things I should be being mindful about and then the things like work and chores or that like I know they're important things, but I was finding myself focusing more on the them things then and and not being but doing it on autopilot it was like I was doing work not realizing oh going back like the next day like oh didn't realize I've done that like oh I can move on to something else so I've, now what I've done is I broke my day down into a manageable time so like hour slots at the minute but we're going to change it slightly um but we do, I've everything in an hour slot now. If my work's not done in that hour, it's tough. I've got to go and do that. Um, so I've got like three sections now, whereas I used to work like 14 hours in a day. I used to ram that in as much as I could. Wow. In a day. Yeah, <laughs> it was getting ridiculous. Um, so I've chopped it down now. So if you get it done, it don't get done. But I've started scheduling things as well. So that makes it a lot easier. So, like you said, time, it's like we get, there's more time in the day now. Yeah. Yeah. Because we do it that way. Super. Super. And if you don't get something done in that hour slot, are you able just to let it go and, and not worry about it and reschedule it in another time? Yeah. So it's a bit boring because the routine slots are the same every day. Um, so what I don't get done in that hour slot, I will move it into the following day and do it then kind of thing. So it is a to-do list, but it will be just like basic to-do list. And it will just say like work on blog and marketing, something like that. So, and then I will choose after that what things to do with that, that I will do. But I tend to do that on the day in the morning but I mean that's a great thing to do is planning because if you can plan your day you can you've, you've got a process to follow whereas if you don't plan your day it's all too easily e easy to run that day in autopilot whereas if it's planned it's a conscious at this time I'm doing this thing at this time I'm doing this thing so by planning, it, it does help you to become more conscious of, of the time and what you're doing and how you're spending that time. Yeah, and then it, it gets rid of the excuse as well. And a lot of people might not like the fact that I use the word excuse. But it, I did it myself. I know it's excuses. Um, where you say, oh, I've got enough time to go meditate or... Or oh, I ain't got enough time to go exercise for so and so, or 
be mindful of cooking my dinner. But when you break your day down like that, even if like you've got, obviously I'm a homeschooler and work from home, so it's slightly different for me compared to someone who has to go to a nine to five job. But then if you, you still can do the breaking up of, you get a break in nine to fives and things like that. So, and then you've got time before and after. So yeah, when I broke up my day and I was making the excuse, oh, I've got time to do a session for 10 minutes or 20 minutes of the day. I've got no excuse now because I've slotted in an hour. And if I don't do that, we, we reward ourselves. So um, small accomplishments, it don't matter how small or big, if we accomplish one of our goals, we will reward ourselves with a small or a big tree. It depends on the thing at the time. But um, we found that helps as well. So and that's the, it was these kind of things that I've used on my journey to um, help with the depression and things like that as well. So just it keeps you busy and kind of focused on something other than other things that are going to pull you down kind of thing. No, like, negative thought patterns that you might have. You haven't got time to have negative thought patterns. And, yeah, so breaking your day up and things like that definitely helps when it comes to trying to heal yourself whether it's even mentally or physically because I wouldn't put in the time to exercise to uh, repair my earnings very well but when I broke my day down and added that hour of exercising was every day sometimes it, it's written down every day but then obviously it's a good idea to have a break as well um, for your body to be able to rest and heal yeah Absolutely. And resting is a, a good part of self-care as well, isn't it? You know, we need to take care of our bodies and listen to our bodies. And if, if our body is saying we need to rest, then we need to rest. And if it needs to sleep, then we need to sleep. But we do, I, I think we do need to schedule yeah, in. Yeah. We do yeah, need to yeah. schedule self-care. Yeah, definitely. So what, how, how do you um, schedule in self-care for yourself? What, what kind of routines or, or things do you do and, and what kind of time spans do you use? For myself, I tend to, like every day we have got an hour where we just take the time to do something that we love to do that we don't normally get to do in the day because we're busy with working or learning or something. So for example, because I'm a unit and there's my daughter, I'll use the example um, of reading with her. She enjoys me reading to her. So, and I enjoy reading to her. So that to me, it counts as my self-care part because if I didn't put that in, then we're not getting here in our little, unit together time and bonding and things like that so um but then we've got a massage chair as well so we use that not often but we try and use it at least once a month um and it was one of the best buys i've, I've um, invested in to be fair because 
it was quite expensive, but not too expensive. So it was like £200-ish. But um, if you think about how much you would pay to go to a salon to have a massage, yeah, it just, like, it's going to bring you to Even though it's a sitting up one, it actually feels like you're having a massage. So we, me and my daughter, will do that. We have little pedicures and we will do massage as well. We've always been written, got a, a really big belief on, like, massaging helps. Yeah. Um, physically and mentally so I've always done that with her from a young age so um, we do face masks as well just them kind of things pampering ourselves and so making sure we take care of ourselves as well as what's on the outside of ourselves kind of thing and then sometimes we will go out somewhere nice together for a change because we don't really go out that much unless it's through work Um yeah. So it's kind of like staged. We don't feel like it's a real experience, me and my daughter going out, because we're going out taking pictures for a blog and things like that. So, But when we actually make the time to go, even if it's a picnic in the summer, we do things like that, um, just getting out and doing things that you like, eating things that you like, having a break from eating healthy, is, I've noticed, helps a lot as well. And ultimately, they're really simple things to do, aren't they? You know, massage mm. each other or have a put a face mask on or go to the beach with a picnic. Um, it, it all nourishes the soul. Yeah, definitely. And that's what um, I've noticed quite a lot of my clients, they, um, they that's why they're in the situation they are because they don't really do anything for themselves. It's more like they do things for what society wants them to do. And um, certain, like, it's like it, they're not living the way they want to live. And that's why they struggle with things like anxiety and things like that. But then that's where we can, I suggest things like this. They try it out and they say it helps them a little. Um, and then some people stop doing it. But then, um, I've had some positive feedback just from just them few things that I just mentioned. They're, they're small things that like you said, and it is excuses for some people because it's a comfort zone yeah. thing, a mindset thing, belief like as well. When you see like it's I when I had depression, I thought that was it. You got depression. There's no really getting rid of it because they were just giving me tablets. And, that was it. So I just like, oh, okay, is that the end of that then? <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it, but it is, it is really the little things, isn't it? It's the little things that really are the big things. It's, it's not about the big things because there's not that many really big things that happen in our life. It's all those little things, all those little moments when we become mindful. Um, and know that they're the times, like the times you spend reading with your daughter, you both enjoy that. You both enjoy the massage. Um, it's that quality time together, isn't it? And I think a lot of people feel that they should look a certain way. They should act a certain way. They should be a certain way. They should have a certain job. And that puts so much pressure on people to, to conform to what they think is should. And really that should is yeah. other people's opinions. It's not coming from themselves when they, they think they should. 
yeah and that's what they say is most of our beliefs come from other people's beliefs so it's like because somebody else has had an experience through a certain way then because we've been told that story and sometimes people hold on to them stories as well and like even I did at one point so I was like holding on to my story of like oh I'm depressed it's not gonna get better well, I'm gonna just get up go to work come back go to bed and just stay in bed all weekend yeah that's just how it is and then because there was no one there either as well to be like Samantha what are you doing get up like did you know you could do this or there's so and so online or did you know if you just googled this or if you just go see a therapist like in counsellors and things like that people um hear that and it's just like oh I don't want to go to the therapist like yeah I can't afford a therapist and excuse again so then I did that it's like oh I can't afford a therapist and then I find NHS does it for free then then like oh yeah but they're not going to understand they're not going to understand and they're just going to probably just tell me to go home after anyway and it'll just be the end of that and I have to be back on my tablets kind of thing but then I don't I'm not a big fan of people using their friends as therapists because I was a person that happened to and I think that's why my my issues affected me a bit more because I was listening to other people's issues and opening them with theirs and then not speaking to anybody else about it because they do say like most therapists have got therapists themselves so it's, when you're being someone's therapist um, I think it is a be better idea unless you're qualified and you want to and you know how to heal yourself and and block certain energies and things like that then yeah. I'd get the free service and if you're not happy then with that then I've noticed that most of the paid services aren't really that expensive if you really want to better yourself you will invest that money um, whether it's five pound 250 pound I think it's worth the investment but I've paid and I've done it for free and I think both times it's been helpful yeah yeah I, talking to anybody I think is helpful but I from my own experience, I've found that people who have depression tend not to reach out to other people because they, they feel so isolated and in that deep, dark place. And I think the best thing that we can do as a friend for somebody who's suffering with depression is to reach out to them. Um, and it was one of my friends that used to take me, she used to come around and take me to the gym every Wednesday. She would pick me up take me to the gym in her car we do two single hour classes back to back and she would take me home and that is a really good friend um and I know a lot of people say oh my door is always open and just ring me but if you know how a depressed person's mind works they won't because depressed people don't reach out oh, yeah so Sorry, have you found have you found the same? Yeah, definitely. I've always I've noticed that the door's always open is never the case, it's always locked. <laughs> and I'm not really a person to reach out to people anyway because I'm like I said, I know what it's like when you've got your own problems and and if I'm 
I'm coming to them, you don't know who else is coming to them kind of thing and adding their problems to their life. So I tend to not go that route. Um, but like you said, oh, what were I saying? To oh, reach... yeah, with the doors locked. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so when it was time to reach out to somebody, because I really was thinking, like, what is the point? Like... <laughs> I just can't be bothered anymore. Like the world's a mess anyway, and it's just like, oh, like what am I gonna do? And I found that them doors were shut when I actually needed the people, but then the free stuff was online. So, like, so I I stopped making the excuses or about working out, and like I said, I did the learning first, and then realised well, it's no good learning if you're not going to do the action. So I just took massive action, lost quite a lot of weight in um, a short period of time which didn't make me feel healthy at the time but I could tell the difference within my mental space because I was eat. it's not like I starved myself I just stopped eating junk and I just yeah. ate fruit veg and fruit and salad and that was about it sometimes fish as a treat um, and I was more sharper and focused and didn't have brain fog and that's probably why I keep losing my train of thought now as well because we had rice today and I've cut back on rice quite a lot and I noticed the difference in that um, rice and meat and things when you eat yeah I don't so I set back on that um, a little bit and then I've had some today and then you you can tell the difference if you if you're aware like you've seen earlier if you're if you've been aware and mindful of what you're doing, you notice the change dramatically. And but the thing is, like, because people, when you're depressed and things like that, don't really like reaching out to people. Um, they never find out about some of these things that we're talking about because they, they don't. I didn't know where to start. Like, I googled it. Like, it is either you just Google it. But it's like, what do you Google? Yeah, yeah. Right mental health in Yeah, and I find sometimes you don't even know what you don't know. You know, you don't know where mm. to start because you don't know what you need to do or, or, exactly. or what's out there even. And, and like, so you sit at the computer go, what am I searching? And... And there's that total mind fog and, and total mindlessness because it's, I found I really struggled to think. Um, yeah. And as I remember specifically one conversation I was having with my husband one day when I wasn't in a good place and we were talking and I totally lost the word chair. I'm like, I can't even remember what the conversation was about. And I went, what's that? And he went, chair. I went, yeah, chair. And it's like that blew my mind that, you know, I just totally lost the word chair and couldn't describe a chair because I didn't know what it was. And it, depression really affects your mind badly, doesn't it? It definitely does. Because um, I did quite a lot of research into this. Um, oh. I can't remember what it's called, but the scan that they do and it shows you all the lighting of the brain. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what the actual name was for it now. Is it but, an um, MRI scan or a CT scan? 
can't remember which one it is. Um, a while ago when I looked at it, but um, it showed you the image of a normal person. I say normal, but a person who hasn't got depression, their brain, and now it's lights up, and then it showed you a person's brain with depression and the way that lights up, and you could see the difference um, quite dramatically, to be honest. And that's what um, made me think as well if... Um, uh, how deep does that go? So if like if it's really red, is that a bad thing? Like does that affect the brain cells and things like that? And that would explain certain things with people who being depressed. And and do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I'd like to look more into that personally. Um, some somewhere down the line because I think that as well woke me up through um woke me up to like what depression can do to your body like yeah. and how it shows up in your body because I didn't know like if you're super depressed um you can get diseases and stuff like that either until I like did the research and started speaking to people like yourself and was reading the book and hearing people's stories and, and I was like wow it's like really complex but um quite a lot to take in as well so I can see why people make excuses but you don't need to take it all in in one go, really. You can do it. They say healing yeah. takes time and it's an ongoing yeah. process. So, Yeah. Yeah, because depression lowers your immune system as well. So it makes you more open to to um, disease and illness. Um, and, and anything mm. that um, causes a, a stress res uh, response within your body causes inflammation and inflammation is the root cause of disease so depression shows up in many areas of the body um, as it as it lowers our defenses yeah yeah because I, I, I noticed that as well when I had depression I I would get a cold not often but I would get a cold like occasionally I'd get one but when I changed my lifestyle and um, stopped stressing because like just stressing over nothing really um at the time felt like big things to me yeah so I would stress about it but then when you stop stressing about things you notice the difference massively yeah and I think coming out of depression and then we can look back at it we've actually gained a lot of skills and knowledge um about how to do things differently um, and we've gained strength from it as well, that ad the adversity that we've come through. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully then as well, if people hear our story and how we've uh, managed to heal through it, it will inspire other people to take the time and be patient and if they, and, and love themselves enough to do so and, and their families. Before, because when you're depressed, it's like you don't really love anything anymore. So you don't, you don't, you're not grateful, basically. You don't see what's in life to be grateful for because you're not being mindful and you're not being aware. <clears throat> and like I said, you, most yeah. of the time you're autopilot. So it just goes out the window. But when you start being grateful and being more aware, <clears throat> sorry. Sorry. It helps. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like you say, our stories and, and everybody else's in my book are stories of overcoming things that the doctor said we can't heal. And here we are without taking medications 
and we're healed. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's quite um <clears throat> it I, 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 it's like it's a real eye opener because growing up I never really I never heard anyone having depression or things like that. So I never thought I'd see myself having conversations with you um about these topics having been people that have been through um, a journey in life that didn't put us in a good place and then we've like you said we've learned so much if that didn't happen we wouldn't even know about the alternatives that we've seen and how um you, you can eat certain foods and just mindfulness all the bits we've been speaking about like you, we wouldn't have had an idea like well I wouldn't have no I wouldn't have <laughs> no me neither me neither it's like you know because I've heard I'd heard of depression obviously before um before I had depression but I thought it was something that you know once you've got it you're on tablets for for life and having done a round of tablets mm. after the birth of my son and and felt like a zombie and totally emotionless um, when I had the, the last bout of depression, I said to the doctor, there's no way I'm taking tablets again. I don't want to feel, you know, I, although I feel depressed, I, I do feel the emotions. Um, but I don't want to, to feel that zombie feeling that I did with, um, with the antidepressants. And I had no idea how I would heal depression. I didn't even know it was possible. But I had a belief mm. in me that I would heal it. I had no clue what I was going to do. Um, and it just happened over time. And I, I understood what I was doing with the mindfulness and the gratitude and then a bit of meditation on top of that. But that's not something the doctor would have told me. His first line of treatment is was tablets. Yeah, um, I noticed with some of my clients as well, they had depression and they was like, um, some of them still suffer a little bit, but um, some of them say that they're healed. Um, they was going to the doctors. This was during the pandemic, and it was a lot worse for everyone. <clears throat> and they was going to, not literally going to the doctors, but calling up doctors, saying they don't feel good mentally, and they were like, oh, we'll just send you some tablet. And then um, I would say to them, have you tried the meditation videos that I sent you? Um, before you go to bed, just put it on do that and see how you feel after two weeks at least and yeah. see how we get to see how you get on with it and I said and if you don't believe what I'm saying go and ask your doctor what they think about it so every time I suggested something I'd tell them to go ask the doctor what they thought about it and the doctor like oh yeah that's been an idea but that they'd never mentioned it to them beforehand so it's like yeah. It's not rocket science, is it? And then there's no, unless I don't know because I've not studied to be a doctor. I don't know what they get taught, but I would have thought they would have got some sort of education and knowledge in them kind of areas to be able to advise people on what to do, kind of thing. So I just assumed that's what you'd do: <laughs> go to a doctor, they give you tablets, and you just be on them, like you said. It's not fixable, but um, definitely is. I can honestly say I've not really. Everyone has bad days as well, so people got to bear that in mind. Like you do, yeah. everyone's human. You'll have bad days, so you can have a bad day. It's how long you? Not even a bad day. I say you don't have a bad day. You have a bad 
10 minutes or something like don't lay rippling effect into the rest of your day yeah yeah and and I say something similar you know you can you can have a bad day just don't live there you know accept it for what it is feel it for what it is um acknowledge that it's there because it's 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 there showing you something but then move on from it you know make a choice to move on from it do whatever you need to do but then move forwards yeah let it go because um it's either there for you to learn something it yeah you're either going to learn from it you can yeah you, you most of the time it's to help you grow through it and I noticed that when me and my daughter was homeless during the pandemic and because I just couldn't I didn't flap about it she weren't flapping about it either which I was really happy about I was quite perhaps I was quite worried that it would affect her or something but she took it on quite well and we was actually meant to have been staying in hotels for three months wow but we was there a week and ended up getting out of this place that we're in now so um but I really I think that was down to the fact that we weren't sat there flapping about money or worried and depending on who's listening, they might not know what flapping is. <laughs> but being worried about where your money from, from and but that didn't enter our mind. We just carried on doing our own schooling, carried on going out, having fun, going to the park. And a week later, we got this apartment and we didn't even know we was getting it. And that was three months. So it just shows if you stay in that, if you stay in the dark side then the light won't be able to shine through kind of thing but because we stayed we kind of stayed neutral not like scared and not happen just yeah and then what will be will be yeah in the what will be will be situation yeah open-minded yeah oh fabulous fabulous and I believe you've got your own company as well. Say again, sorry. Oh, sorry, you just cut out. I believe you've got your what own company you as well. Do you want to um, tell us about that? Um, yeah, we've got a few to be fair, but just to name the most important ones, which is mainly based on what we're doing now. Um, I still do quite a lot of research in human behaviour and the psychology and stuff like that but what I've been doing as well to help people lately is I've been uploading quite a lot to our um, our blog section on our website because we run a small little production company um, but during the pandemic we found it a bit hard to make films and things so we focused on actually giving the information out about things that we're talking about now but with business and um entertainment as well and we've been putting that on our blog and april we i think it's it's around april ish i'm not going to say exactly when but it's april ish um we've got a center that we're opening up as well so we're hoping to be able to help the community in our local community and give them one-to-one support and group support just in general like with health wealth and happiness kind of thing oh sounds fabulous um and where can people find you how can they reach you to find out more about what you're doing your own journey 
Right, so I'm most active on my my blog, if I'm honest, but um, social media wise, Instagram would be better to get in contact with me on, and that's sweet like fifty seven, and then my website is www.sofrancis.co.uk. Wonderful. I'll put all that information down on the bottom. And um, you were one of the healers in my book, Heal Yourself. And your chapter was, oops, just had to look, 43. Um, so I shall um, put a link to my book over here. And, um, and I'll drop it in the text underneath the um, video. And um, I would just like to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey what you're doing and and helping others no thank you as well for having me uh, and all the work that you're doing it's, i appreciate anyone that is out there trying to help people to get out of that um that that dark sided mindset and see a bit more light in that. it's I really appreciate what you're doing so we're doing the same work samantha we're doing the light work <laughs> we certainly are we certainly are. All right. Thank you so much. Um, I'll catch you later.